0: Welcome to Sonic Talk episode 605, this is the music technology podcast to do with all things to do with creating music, also in some cases, uh, uh, well, recording music, uh, performing music, uh, producing music, and all of the things around and technology that surrounds that, including some social aspects as well. Uh, Thank you very much uh, to our friends over at Isotope, we'll be providing a prize of the fabulous Ozone 9 Advance, you just got to stay tuned for that, that's a little bit later on. Uh, And... um, For those of you perhaps uh, fans of the show uh, know where we are. We've just come back from NAM, NAM 2020, which was in Anaheim in California, biggest sort of music trade event in the world. Uh, And it's also, well, there may be bigger ones in China now, but I think the biggest, certainly the biggest of Northern Hemisphere one. Um, And uh, we were covering that last week, but we've got a new set of guests this week because uh, three of which, although it depends whether Gaz is here or not, because he's having connection connections, connection issues. Uh, anyway, uh, back on track. Let's introduce some of our guests. Uh, we'll start with, uh, we have BT here. Hello, BT. How you doing?
1: I'm great, man. I'm really good. We were talking off camera. I've uh, survived anthrax, so uh, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be back in, in my... Uh in my studio and Nam was just amazing this year so we've got loads to talk about thanks for having me man Well we've
0: be been I know we've been trying to get this going for uh, a couple of times uh, and I know you know you, with your busy schedule but I must say when well we met, I met you at Nam last year and uh, you showed me mm-hmm. pictures of your studio and now I can see and I've been watching some of the studio tours and that is, I think you probably win the most keyboards in the background of all our guests. So uh, that's a, that's a, we'll bring, we'll bring a rosette over for you for, uh, for next year, right? <laughs> so, uh, this is your personal facility, right? That you're in. This is where you create and you do your, all your stuff. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah, it sure is. I, I think. I think a, a more coveted award would be person that's gone in every single one of their synthesizers. So I spend, you know, um, this this room has re- is really the culmination of, you know, 40 years of love of synthesis. You know, I've been um, uh, collecting synthesizers and working with them since I, I got my first keyboard when I was 12, which is Juno 106. And it's actually back there somewhere it's now been converted to a Kiwi 106, which by the way, the Kiwi mod for the 106 is brilliant, Um, but um, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing actually. But anyway, so I've been, I've been loving and collecting uh, and using synthesizers for composition and production since I was a really young teenager and uh, I've never had a space a. I've never had. A, I've made all my records and scored every film I've ever scored. And everything I've ever produced has been in a non-sound-treated room. Um, and I've never had access to all of my things. I've never had all my things patched in, um, MIDI patched, audio patched, and working. And finally, I decided that I wanted a sound-treated room because after working in so many of them, I realized how much less work it is, how much more music you can make working from a sound-treated room. And uh, you, you can't see from the angle we're on now. I actually can show you guys, but um, I've got, you know, floor to ceiling, uh, 1,200 pounds of ATC speakers in here. Um, ah,
0: wow, have you got the SCM? What are they, SCM 200s? See- uh, oh, yeah, nice. uh, I can't wow.
1: remember the exact. Uh, the exact number I'll have to look it up and I send it to you. But they're they're soffit mounted. You can't really see, but this uh yeah. wall is made out of barnwood. Yeah, it's on a it's on um a uh you know it's on a 17 degree angle. It's got a trapezoid up at the top of it that's on a 24 degree angle. It's like the guys that built this thing are like actual real life math wizards. Uh, and it's funny because they all look like lumberjacks too. They're the most <laughs> inconspicuous math wizards you would ever meet. In your t- and the loveliest bunch of guys ever shout out to those guys um to uh, that whole group of people in wesley Show that designed this room just unbelievable so anyway i i spent the better part of four years building my first sound treated room you know with these beautiful uh, bass traps and baffles and and every angle of this room is like bespoke and a thing of beauty and i've got all my keyboards in it so nice. it's crazy the, craziest part about this room is what you can't see which is um i'll just flip around this way as well too um back here there's this uh diffusion wall there's all these scents over here and this side's like the the modular area and my uh your rocks over here and underneath here is just about every drum machine that you've ever seen or ever heard of on these these pull out drawers but um uh This room, the thing that's the craziest thing about it is everything is patched in, it's gain-staged, it's got its own bespoke kind of channel strip, uh, and um, the MIDI all works. I'm using Miho 10s and Lynx Aurora um, uh, audio interfaces, and you can literally open Cubase, Ableton, or Logic, and... It's like a game stage session so you can write music with all these synthesizers in real time, and it's like an incredible starting point. So um, to say I feel blessed to work in this room is kind of the understatement of the century. This is like a a living dream, this place. So when I'm away from it, I miss it a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's funny.
0: I I was watching one of the the studio tours on the the Facebook page, and the first thing Uh you talked about was the baffles and the soundproofing it wasn't any of the equipment it's like check out my beautiful baffles <laughs> <That> was brilliant
1: <laughs> it's such a thing man i mean you know i think a lot of this is a message to you know young producers that would watch something like this i mean these days you know some guy like me that i love all these vintage synthesizers i've worked on them with my own hands for years and re recap them and put in power supplies and MIDI interfaces and stuff and I love these instruments. I know them like the back of my hand. I mean, the reality of it is these days is you can make, you know, incredible music just with a computer, but that makes things like sound treating and bass management all the more important. So if you're going to be investing in something and you you want to make music for a living, you know, I think one of the best things you can invest in is a great set of speakers and uh sound treatment for your room because you can hear better and that makes you be able to move more quickly and efficiently. So I yeah. think those are like tremendous investment.
0: Wise words. And and uh, I can totally concur. I mean, the ATCs are brilliant. I know that uh, Yoad, who's sometimes on this, Yoad Nevo, who's a really good mix engineer. We went to his room and mm-hmm. he's got a pair of uh, ATCs, he's the, the single speaker ones, but they're big, you know, and, that, it just yeah. fat, and his room's treated and they sound absolutely amazing absolutely amazing they're, you they're, can just hit
1: you know what you know what it is about those atc speakers I, I actually say something negative negative about them and and i mean this negative in a positive way they sound nearly flawless and that sounds like oh that's a positive the problem is this uh just a quick anecdotal story when i heard them for the first time i literally had flown to so many rooms to listen to people's speakers um and i looked at uh you know, all the kind of major brands of soffit-mounted speakers people use, Dynaudios, um, uh, you know, Barefoot, I guess those are midfields or whatever. But I looked at, like, all the brands that you typically see in, in, a, in a really nice room because I wanted to do this place right. And um, I went to a single a place in San Francisco that Wesley Show told me to go to. And I, the name of it eludes me right now, but it's near Dolby in, in San Francisco. And they were the only place at the time in America that had a pair of ATCs, the wow. only one. Wow! And my wife, Lacey and I went there and um, I had my phone and we plugged my phone in um, and there was, a, there was a button. And the guy said, okay, dude, look, don't press this button because it engages the subs. So you want to hear the speakers alone without the subs Because, you know, I mean, not only is it double the price, but it's like such a big thing to wire all this stuff and whatever. Right. So, um, of course, we had the button inadvertently pressed in and we put on um, we put uh, we started flipping through uh, songs of mine music that we love. And I immediately and this is kind of the fault of them. I immediately started hearing mistakes, actual mistakes, not like questionable artistic judgment, actual mistakes in music of mine that had come out, been released. It had been mastered (laughs) things that had been nominated for Grammys. I'm not joking seriously and listening. And I'm like, wow, that's a mistake. There's like an actual node around 200 Hertz there. It's totally unintentional. I never heard that it's wrong. It's not supposed to be in the recording. And it was what made me say, I have to own these speakers is like, I heard mistakes in my own music, um, that I had never heard before. And, uh, They're unforgiving. These speakers, they're absolutely unforgiving. So when you get it right on them, you're like, you're like, somebody can not like the song, but you can't say the mix isn't good. Like, if you get it right on those speakers, it's it's right for what it is. You know, there's no faking those speakers. So,
0: excellent. Well, um, thank you for that. Um, What I should probably get onto. uh, I think Gaz has joined us again. So, would one two (laughs) check Gaz? One two check Gaz. Are we good? Yes, we have all.
2: I must yeah. be Catalina, you know, must be an OS Catalina thing. I, I'm. That's the only thing I can put it down to. So uh, I'm so sorry about that. That's all I had right. loads of interesting anecdotes prior to the show. I was trying to get in early. Um, just incidentally, I had been listening today to um, Patrick Gleeson's The Planets, um, which was recorded in mid 70s was released in 1976 and is a, ver- a version of holster planets entirely rendered on uh, an emu uh, modular i think that and i think was it using the very first polyphonic scanning keyboard i think um wow i don't know i do it quite- I do
0: remember well, we talked about The Planets way back, wasn't there? Then was uh, right. somebody, well, somebody
2: had done a, 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 a rendition of it recently. Well, this is the thing. The thing is, though, um, Tamita did an amazing version of The Planets as well, all rendered using synthesizers. That was released in the middle of 1976 as well. So both of those albums... And, I mean, the amount of work that's gone into both of those albums is kind of ludicrous. A, I mean... A very poor um, scheduling,
0: <laughs> scheduling <I> know. malfunction <laughs> I know. That's there. It's like, it?
2: all right, <laughs> yes, just got it finished. Oh... Damn, someone else just... So has got, got his happening. eye all pi- Oh, man, yeah, imagine that. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, what's the chances of that happening? But, I mean, it's quite interesting to listen to, though, because both of them take, uh, you know, they're, quite, they're both quite pure to the, you know, to all the melodies and to the tunes and stuff. Um, the Tamita one, though, is way more um, synthesizer-y, if I sense. Tinkly. Tinkly okay. of. Uh, whereas the, uh, the Gleason one is very... sounds, at times... Incredibly uh, orchestral, uh, mm. uh, you know, and especially for the time and how it was done. I have to check it's, that out. Yeah, so, that out. I can't I, I, hear that. yeah. I just thought it was quite curious that both came out in the
0: same year. Yeah, well, that's rough. Mm. God, imagine your life's work. <laughs> I've been working on this for eight years, and know. Uh, just I imagine. Well, Gaz, lovely to have you. Uh, I'm sure we've Thank got so plenty much. to talk about. Uh, oh, and gosh. Uh, we also yes. have Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves. Sorry to, to to leave it so long. How are you, Charles? Charles, of course. I'm doing well. In his own facility there um, with homage to the cassette. Uh, mm. And uh, Charles... Oh, yeah. uh, Charles is often on the road with uh, – well, actually went on the road with Howard Jones when they were touring last year and also um, uh, OMD and various other people, but is currently at home working on a solo project or a, 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 an in-house project. How are you, Charles?
3: Yeah. Are you good? It, well, technically it's a, it'll be a chicken and cocoa project again. Ah, so, excellent. Um, but, uh, yeah, been doing well. I, I after seeing BT's room, though, I feel that my room's a little small. <laughs>
2: well, speak I, I for yourself. <laughs>
3: If I yeah, if yeah. I tried to socket melt some ATCs, I would, they would be sticking out the side of the building, pretty much. So <laughs> that would be a good look. Yeah, it would be like the old fashioned when they start started uh, in London here when they started putting loose in houses. You remember they would sort of like build like this extra a part on the side, the, the side yeah. of, the of the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be like, yeah, I'll do that just for the ATCs. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, things are going well. I'm working working on my own stuff quite a lot. Uh, I'm not touring again until uh april i think it is i'll be out with howard howard jones again um we're doing a scandinavian tour and then we're doing something in the summer i can't remember offhand what it is but it's i know the whole summer's booked out but other than that i'm just trying to focus on getting my own creative work done
0: Excellent, which is well, a lot of fun. I'm glad to hear it. That's I mean, awesome. it's, you know, it's always hard to find that. Well, I, I, I can't speak from experience because I haven't done any of that for a while. It's, it's been nam 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 and nam nam pretty much. You for, should. Your music's great. Well, uh, maybe I will again. I did do a fun Friday thing yesterday with the uh Hydrosynth and the Delta SEP A. So that'll be coming Ooh. out on Friday. But okay, so. Nice. Um, Nam just happened. Uh, let's let's kind of figure out. Uh, maybe if I'll come to Gaz first. So so Nam, you were at Gaz. You were at Nam with us. Uh, we yeah. went through the whole thing. I, I just wondered what you know. What's what impressions and what were your highlights? Because uh, we would see another another point of view of that.
2: Well, I mean, something that we noticed was just the amount of. Um audio interfaces that were being released that were kind of around the same sort of price point and really high quality I mean we saw sort of um, SSL bringing out uh, like a little audio interface that um, yeah and Audient as well
0: yeah
2: yeah Audient and um, Motu have got their sort of like lower priced um, so it seems like there's a real big battle for that you know sort of maybe 200 bucks kind of price point around there um so that was see that seemed to be something gosh and there was loads i mean loads 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 more uh and there's only so much you can kind of say about like a two in two out audio interface so (laughs) you know so i guess you know the quality of the converters quality of the preamps uh is going to be paramount in that way but i mean uh you know um, gosh i mean obviously big news was the Universal Audio Lunar uh, thing. Yeah, which, that's interesting, isn't it? And they were really silly to, you know, avoid calling it a DAW. They was like, you know, you couldn't mention that at all, isn't yeah, that, that all really? Because that's what it was! You know, it's crazy! Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they're trying to say this, that and the other, but I mean, I mean, it looks good, and the way it integrates with your, if you've got Universal uh, Audio interfaces, looks well, really good. Really I mean, good. it's
0: interesting, in a way, when you're going back to the audio interfaces, it seems like there's that battle, isn't there? Because right UA Universal Audio are attempting to kind of create extra value to their audio interfaces by adding right. this software component. So someone who maybe yeah. was just starting out might buy that mm. because they get a DAW with it rather than have yeah. to buy, you know, yeah. one of the other ones and then have to buy a DAW on top. I mean, although a lot of them come right. with kind of light versions of, of DAWs, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's an interesting idea.
2: But not quite as revolutionary as they'd like you to think though. I I was a little bit Underwhelmed by it, if I'm absolutely honest. I mean, I think it's great if you do buy th- those things and you get that. It's, that's great. But I mean, to kind of uh, tempt people away from what they're already using is a big ask. And also, what? I mean, as, as we know, DAW is like, a, you know, I use Cubase. And Cubase is an astonishingly powerful, multifaceted uh, piece of software, uh, as is Logic it's and ridiculous. so forth. And, you know, so to kind of step into that, uh, into that kind of fray, you know, and just to try and take on those uh, they've really got to be sure that they've got something that's going to, uh, yeah, you know, do and the it's business. A, it's a lot of work for whoever mm. the team are for all of those things. Yeah, no, it's very right.
0: interesting. So, I mean, also, um, I think Tori was talking about this last week. She was saying, you know, there seemed to be a lot more synths there this year. And I don't know if that's something that you both felt as well. Uh, if every... I don't know. Did, so, what's seems to there? Be more in the modular side of thing. I don't know, BT, ah. do, do you, because you, you presumably go here every year, right? Do you yeah, like to absolutely. Every...
1: Yeah. I, I definitely have a perspective on that. I mean, just kind of from a macro perspective, you know, zoomed out over the last, let's say, 10 years, you know, um, even five years ago, the modular synths were all the Eurorack stuff was in the basement, you know, mm. and that whole community of people were sequestered to, uh, you know, the the land of strange, uh, exotic uh, instruments and little hand bells and hang drums and stuff. And now it's on the main floor, right in the middle of everything. So I think just over this kind of arc of 10 years that Synthesis has made uh, an incredible push to the the forefront of the music community in general. So, and even with all of that, I think this year was a big year for Synthesis. uh, Something that I saw a lot of, I would call this Nam the Year of the Wavetable Synthesizer. And, and mm. uh, I think that there's something really interesting about that in that, you know, we're all looking for interesting, new kind of evocative timbres that help us write music that we're, we, we love and that we want to share. And uh, it's interesting because wavetable synthesis is such an old kind of synthesis modality and people are actually inventing these new kind of variants of it that are are really interesting you mentioned the hydrosynth i have to say an instrument has not blown me away like that Mm. in a long long period of time that is a remarkable sounding instrument and i just got mine too my wife got it for me for my birthday which is in october but it just came and i'm I'm freaking blown away by that thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a huge year for synthesis, in particular, uh, wavetable synthesis.
0: It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you think, because I remember wavetable synthesis always just seemed, it never really kind of came of age till recently, till maybe it was the interpolation or some way. And now, because it's almost like because we've been educated in how good it can sound, it's entered our own sort of lexicon of Acceptable sounds, and it started to make its way into people who maybe are purist analog uh, people as well. I don't know what you think about it, Chick I mean, you know, I'm sure you've got wavetable stuff both in hardware and software. You know, it's definitely it seems to have presented itself, and we've been more accepting of it in you know in the last couple of years, or certainly this last year yeah, for sure. I,
3: well, I think a part of it is that you know a lot of people have been doing some analog stuff, which is very interesting, but <clears throat> a lot of it is improvement upon. You know, just trying to keep everything uh analog and improvement on this old technology without uh, i don't know if I'm really saying this very clearly it's just sort of like trying to trying to build a better mousetrap every time, but not really fundamentally changing things and I, uh, there's now it seems like there's this this big push towards you know really inventive digital synths. Yeah, which yeah, I think is I, great I, because it changes the timbre of everything, really. And uh, you have this HydroSynth. Oh, my God, the thing sounds amazing. Um, and, it's you know, I don't – it is. And I found myself even – like I've been going on I, – I've almost never used software since. And now I find myself using Ableton's Wavetable Synthesizer. I'm using Pigments a lot. I'm using uh, the uh, Anna 2, I think it's by Slate. I think it is, right. I can't remember who makes it, and uh, you know, I find myself using not so much emulations of analog gear but things that are that can only be done in a digital realm that sound uniquely digital. Um, and I think there's there's room for it, there has been this strong push to be analog for so long, yeah. Uh, and I've, I've gotten lots of demand for that kind of stuff. I mean, it's every synth I have, well, I guess not that JD 800, but every other synth is well, oh no, K2000. So but i mean almost 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 everything i have is uh is analog and now uh
0: now everybody I find wants digital that, yeah <laughs>
3: well yeah everybody wants that classic mp 3 sound no but i mean it's it's i think I, I think there the but the the possibilities of sound design with digital is just it is pretty astounding and there's room for both of them you know so i i feel like that's what the Definitely. push is now there's these people people realizing that both can be in the same space.
0: I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because there's a there's this this idea also, a lot of the wavetable stuff is quite pure. You know, the the hydrosynth is still essentially a, a subtractive synthesizer with the... Uh, so you still got... It, and it's moving away from this kind of layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer, you know, where it's like, that's great. But after a while, it's like, can you tell the difference whether there's a third synth underneath there or whether it's just that one sound that sounds good? And wavetable seems to have been pushing itself forward as a candidate. I mean, it can sound great, particularly HydroSynth one oscillator and you could be, you could be done. You know, it's, it's really, that's the,
1: it's, it's very true. You guys, you guys both said some things that are really interesting there. And I wanted to loop back to something you said, Nick, that I think is really important. Um, for, I know that I can do this too on this program too, so we're gonna go deep nerd. So, everybody get ready. I'm like, standing against the board. whoa, um, hang on.
3: Okay,
1: deep nerding. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> this is our segment on deep nerding. Um, so, you said something really important, really, really important, Nick, which is about the wavetable interpolation methodology, like how that's being done. So if you go back with wavetable synthesis, uh, one of the scents that has eluded me in my collection since I was when I was a kid, I could never afford one. But one that I don't have that I've always wanted is a PPG 2.3. I've used one on so many records. It's one of my favorite synths. So that instrument is really interesting because at the advent of wavetable synthesis, additive synthesis as well too, should kind of think of those two as one thing in some ways. At the advent of those two technologies, we were dealing with these horrifically (laughs) dirty-sounding DACs, right? Like terrible 8-bit, you know, really bad, poor uh, interpolation strategies and algorithms. Um, But they were all being curbed through these beautiful, lovely, velvety-sounding analog filters. So that's kind of people's first introduction to wavetable synthesis is this dirty oscillator doing this cool thing, but being sculpted by an analog filter. Whereas if you kind of push back off the canvas and really think about what's special about wavetable synthesis, I would argue that wavetable synthesis has not graduated into what its potential was from the idea until now because mm. of someone like, and here's the deep nerding part, someone like Stephen Bernays from Synaptic, who very few people will know that name, but um, he wrote the interpolation methodology for serum. And it's why serum sounds so incredibly clinical and unique. And it's just now that we're taking some of these old precepts, like additive synthesis, wavetable synthesis, and realizing them in their pure form, like actually getting to hear them, um, what the people that thought of them uh, when when they were invented could potentially sound like. So wavetables, when you hear them in all this insane fidelity, and it's such high resolution, is like one of the coolest freaking sounds you've ever heard in your life. Totally different to subtractive synthesis or an analog synthesizer, but equally musically useful. So I, I just wanted to kind of throw mm. that Perspective, I
2: think that's a fair, yeah, fair comment the
1: first time, you know what I mean?
0: Mm. Absolutely. Um,
2: I heard I heard an interesting rumor going around in NAM, though. And I mean, I am saying this is a rumor, but the new Korg Wave state apparently, if you open it up, what's lurking inside a Raspberry Pi Zero? Now, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> now, if that's true that is that's bonkers i mean you know people will be Scandalous. opening up as soon as they're out there uh, i mean i did say it is a rumor and allegedly said but uh, i heard that so. as well actually yeah
1: <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, bet that that's that's not possible did you guys play that thing i wasn't that impressed honestly it was really pre-setty Uh, Yeah, that's what,
0: I'll be fair. I mean, that's what I heard. Uh, I've got one coming in the next day or so, so I'm going to give it a once over and hopefully I'll have some idea of what, you know, because I don't want to, you know, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, the idea of this sort of, it's like the one finger kind of cop chase, cop (laughs) 90s soundtrack, you know, and so moving away from that, you know, to try and get some more interesting stuff. And also, again, you know, the interpolation is going to be, or hopefully is going to be way, way better than the original. So you're going to get a lot more because the thing about the original, it was quite steppy, wasn't it? So, but but they use that to kind of create these almost uh rhythmic sequences. Whereas, if we've got the ability mm. to be smoother about it, then the rhythmic sequences don't have to be the only thing it can do. So, yeah,
1: right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> I'll keep it open mind. I, the, I was super <laughs> underwhelmed by the presets, but that's uh, Chicky, you mentioned the K2000, that's a synth that is the greatest example on earth of that for me of being so overwhelmed, underwhelmed by presets on a synth, but is one of the most powerful instruments I've ever owned. I I use it to this day. So yeah, I'll keep an open mind. I like that perspective.
3: I I think it's, I have the, the rack version and the only reason I don't even, don't really keep it on that much is because it's just, it's kind of loud. It's got the fan and stuff like that. But, um, but I love the sound of that thing. I mean, just, there's some, something quite silky about all of it. And I find that I can create, you know, even pads on there that will work in any track. Um, I agree. Whereas, I've, you know, I, have, I had a, a virus, the TI, was TI, gosh, I can't remember. I had TI. it a long time ago. And and I had trouble getting things from that to work in songs. I had the same trouble with the original Nordly too, just trying to get it to work. In the t- because my kind of stuff is generally... I like really round tones and so forth, but that K two thousand always worked. It was always nice. Uh, it would just completely fell out track in a really beautiful way. So it, it and even the string patches in there. You know, if you want to, if you if you uh, like have like an orchestral thing that you've done and you supplement it with some of the strings off that thing just really low in mix it just suddenly brings it all to life it's really mm. beautiful
0: ah and yeah, two love that. chips that's an that's yeah, acceptable so. form of layering multiple synthesizers then okay uh, well uh-huh. well orchestras <laughs> and synthesizers um uh, it's yeah. about this time that we should uh, probably just have a little word from our friends over at isotope so here we go
3: building on a 17 year legacy in audio mastering ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never before seen processing for low end real-time instrument separation and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts.
1: And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9.
0: Well, you're welcome, of course. And uh, once again, we thank them for their uh, uh, provision of the prize. Uh, Let's just actually do the competition now. Uh, Isotype Ozone 9 Advanced, remember, you could win. That's the stuff which has got the LUFS metering and the LUFS kind of uh, formatting, which is very useful for if you're doing a lot of YouTube videos. And I'm embarrassed to say we haven't applied it to our workflow yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to. I promise Nan was in the way. So to win a copy of Ozone 9 Advanced, uh, we're looking for the tweet, the hashtag, fixandshape. That's one word, fix and shape, and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag fix and shape and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And also, we've got a winner from last week's show. And the winner is, in this instance, a chap called Mark Griffiths, 59. At markgriffiths 59, I could do with Ozone Advanced for full power mixes. Uh, and yes, there you go. You've mm. actually got that. Bam. If you get in touch... Isotope will uh, sort you out, so it will be fine.
2: Okay, yeah, right. I, yes, Can I go. just cut in? when Because you, you talked about luffs so I just wanted to just see, especially with uh, esteemed panel. Um, now, if you – I mean, it's a really interesting website out there called loudnesspenalty.com, set up by – is it Ian Shepard? Um, where you can kind of drag and drop any of your mixes onto that page, and then what it'll do is it'll analyse the loudness, and then it'll tell you uh, how much – uh, the various streaming services will uh, take volume off off it so it's a really kind of if you don't know about it it's well worth checking out because so you literally just like what's it called drag your, it's called oh, I think they, have a version too. they do have a plugin version as well which makes oh, nice. it more convenient <laughs> but um but just as a web page you can just drag your file onto it and then it'll tell you you know what spotify what title what um youtube um. I oh, think there we go. Maybe some of those. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, you know, but so typically if, uh, if you bring a lot of the clients who I've done mastering for, you know, they want it louder, louder, louder. And, you know, until you sort of hit it uh-huh. around minus five RMS and, you know, using, you know, I'm a bit more old school. So I'm trying to sort of adapt to the new uh, loudness units. Um, however, if you drag, that sort of master and drop it on the loudness penalty there, you'll get a kind of m- like a minus six or something uh, amount of penalty that sort of, because uh, like the Spotify, I mean, with Apple music, you can turn on and off sound checks, So you've got some control over that. But that's with Spotify, right. I don't believe you can bypass it. So so you are at the mercy of the Spotify l- sort of leveling algorithm. Um yeah. Now, this is the thing, you see. So I have put some recent commercial tracks. like we um, Actually, me and Robbie Bronneman were, were testing this out. And we've sort of put, like, say, a track off the latest Muse album onto that loudness penalty. And it said that it was going to cut it by about five or six dB. So I was kind of thinking, now, this is curious. Are, um, are people still... Ignoring this you know they they're trying to you know move you to a sort of like the minus fourteen uh la, la, minus 13, as, yeah. As, yeah as as a kind of standard. Mm-hmm. But it's like everybody's been a bit scared to do that because they don't want their tracks to sound kind of quieter. So I just thought this might be quite interesting just to see what what everybody thought because I'm really confused about it because when I've convinced people to try and move to this way, sure enough, a couple of days later, oh, I know you've told us all this, but can you make it louder? Um, you know. Uh, I know. Well it's a, a video- problem. I mean, as a YouTuber, just to begin
0: with, you know, if your videos are quieter than everybody else's because you're adhering to some standard or your workflow happens to mean that you don't want to slam everything, then you know, you're gonna you it's harder if somebody's gotta reach in and turn the video turn their thing up then by the same token next video that comes along that's too loud it's going to be turned down so you you end up inconveniencing your listener which is not something right. you necessarily want to do right so i don't know what what you think about it charles i know you do a lot of mastering right
3: yeah i do um well for one thing whenever i give someone a cd um which is which is actually quite rare but it does happen i think i still have like a quarter of a stack of cds somewhere um those will always be at a mastered for CD level, it's very different than a mastered for streaming level. If I do give them a mastered for streaming level, it'll be wave files maybe on the CD, but it generates on a on a on a drive of some type. Um, but yeah, it, it, they're very different mastering processes. And nowadays, when I master, I use uh, Studio One quite a bit for mm, the ma- especially because oh, cool. the project.
2: The project thing is amazing. Yeah. I, I love Studio One it's actually replacing and my use of pro tools that, and that project it, the, uh, window sorry Chicky, i've just put yeah. it in that project window has got a bunch of improvements due to me thank you very much okay, oh, guys, the guy's yeah, it, changed it me. it's such so a so great yes. program it's <laughs> just put i put that in, I was, <laughs> i've
3: always been i've always created in pro tools and mixed in i mean created in ableton and mixed in pro tools and now i create most of the time in ableton especially max for live type stuff but I do almost everything else in Studio One because Studio One is just so amazing. But right. my, my point of mentioning that is that on the, on the master out for each track, or, or for, for all the tracks, I'll do, uh, I have two different uh, instances of, of uh, Ozone, in fact, uh, just the Maximizer. And I'll have one that is, one is for CDs, and the other one will be muted and then I'll unmute the other one and that will be just for streaming. So they're, they're both set up quite differently. I do tend to master uh, each track as if it's going to be for streaming and then I do it overall compression, which makes it better for CDs because I, I like dynamics and I think that's a good way to, I think that's the way it should go in the future this whole loudness war thing has been the bane of my existence <laughs> that everyone's like no the louder 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 okay like, i i've got, know, got i've
0: got i i'm coming mr bt i have uh i have a this is an interesting point because you know your stuff traditionally is like you know you come from the kind of trance side of things right which is generally pumping and you know designed for sound systems it has has kind of compression as an effect in many of its sounds, you know, it's gate true. key, keying and stuff. So how do you tackle that? Because I mean, I'm sure just by the nature of some of the sounds you're creating, they're already as loud as they could possibly be, right?
1: Yeah, it's a, this, it's a great question. And I can really empathize with with what both Gaz and Chicky are talking about, because um, especially what you were saying, Gaz, about remaining competitive. So um, I... I was raised by a psychiatrist um, and so my favorite thing in the world to do is to push back off these things and think of like kind of the the bigger picture. I read um, an amazing white paper uh, and I'll find it and I'll shoot it over to you, Nick, so you can share it with the audience, but I read an amazing white paper about the neurological effects of music, specifically about change in dynamics. Right. So this idea of things having dynamics, which is what we're talking about. Right. So, you know, we're talking about perceptual loudness. But when you create this kind of completely unnatural perceptual loudness, what you're actually doing is reducing the dynamic structure of an entire piece of music. Right. Yeah. So this study that I read was completely focused on. The neurological kind of emotional effects of music, and the number one earmarking condition for people to be emotionally impacted from a piece of music was drum roll dynamics. And so um in this big kind of macro picture, what we're actually doing is making people feel music less, which is a crazy thing to really think about. Right. <laughs> yeah, so okay. um so uh you know this idea of perceptual loudness and all this stuff with streaming I think it's a conundrum everyone everyone faces I'm the weird odd man out and you mentioned Nick you know my background certainly the beginning of my career um not the film scoring component of it but um you know started in in trance music and in that culture and uh I'm the weird guy that I'm not thinking about it so you know a, a friend like somebody like a, you know, an Armin Van Buren or a Ferry Corsten guys, I, I just did a track with Armin for his new album and uh, Ferry and I just did something this summer. You know, these guys, my peers in that space will say to me, Oh dude, what are you using on your master bus channel? You know what? Have you got any outboard gear? You can check out the shadow Hills thing. Are you like, have you got the SSL blah?" blah, blah. And I'm like, I use abs. And this is not like some press story either. I use absolutely nothing on my master bus. So I don't trust myself to do that part of the process. I've worked with the same mastering engineer. She, she, the first record I think she ever mastered was one of mine. She's gone on to win all kinds of Grammys. Her name's Emily Lazar. And her, um, her, her business is called The Lodge. They're in New York City. She's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my entire life. And we have these long philosophical conversations, much less about like, outboard gear and crap and more about wanting to make people feel something when they listen to it. And so um, I'm the weird guy that I'm just not trying to win that war. And the more that we can encourage people, you know, what you were saying, Gaz, to, to just ease, pump the brakes a little bit on this loudness stuff. I think the more people are going to appreciate music for longer periods of time. It sounds like a really big, sort of philosophical thing, but I really mean that. I think that a lot of why the turnover rate for music is so fast now, you know, people put out a song, it's around for a week, maybe 10 days, is because it's exhausting. It's like exhausting to listen to music this loud. It it literally exhausts the brain. So I think that we have, um, and not in some hoity-toity way either, but we have a responsibility to try to make m- music to rem- <laughs> why why the fuck are any of us doing this in the first place, right? Yeah, like, no, that's a really you know, interesting
0: point. Yeah. I, you know, I get what's what you're the saying.
1: Why behind all of it? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I'm making music because I want to share my experience. I want to share the human condition. I want to share what I feel and take in from the world around me and share it with other people. And I want other people to respond to it and to feel less alone that's like my why. Right. Yeah. And so, um, it's a big why. And, uh, and I think you got to ask yourself, you know, those kind of questions all the time underneath all of it, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, there's my, again, you know, I, uh, psychiatrist's kids, so I always go to the big <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's a big question. That,
0: I think that makes a lot of sense, and it, 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 it explains a number of things. While in the background, while we've been uh, discussing this, I've actually mm. uploaded uh, last week's Sonic Talk to uh, the said <laughs> unit, and so far... Uh, it should be it looks like it should be louder by I'd say 2 <laughs> dB based on that YouTube would take 2 decibels Spotify would take 3.5 Pandora nearly 4 the other ones wouldn't do anything to it because presumably it's either, I, I don't know why but there you go so last week's show could be uh-huh. a couple of dBs louder so I guess I could lo- but I, I have a I don't think we've got I think we've got Ozone or I can't remember what I have on the end on this bus there's a master bus that goes to the to the stream and the recording just so that you know because I, I haven't got time it's more about really convenience because i don't have time uh, or bandwidth to think about mixing the show to yeah totally. you know, to, you know uh, there just isn't enough you know bandwidth in my brain to be able to deal with that
1: can i throw but, one last little thing in this uh, yeah just a thought for everyone I, I, just everybody people listening to this you know the four of us think about when you heard that daft punk record right? With Get Lucky on it. Think about when you heard that, like what all music sounded like at that point. And when you heard that and the holy shit moment that I'm sure the four of us had and that a lot of people listening to this had where you said, oh my God. Okay. So these songs are incredible. Oh my God. The synths are incredible and the vocoding and the whole thing. But like, what is so magical about this music? And what's so magical about it is it's mastered like a Stevie Wonder record from the seventies. It's not, uh, you know, minus four, you know, luffs. It's not a square wave. So it's just something – it takes a lot of courage and bravery to do something like that. So that's kind of the real seed that I wanted to plant.
0: That's interesting. Rest, I did not know yeah. that, but that's worth. That's definitely worth knowing. Okay. Wow. Yeah,
3: that is a good sunny record.
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's
3: insane.
0: It's insanity. <laughs> Yeah. Right, well, now I, I didn't better. know we were going to go there, but that, that's <laughs> definitely nice, nicely nicely tossed in there, Gaz. I, that's definitely an interesting <laughs> topic, and certainly yeah. now I know what I need to do with um, hmm. with this show. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe we all just need to speak <laughs> up a bit. <laughs> what? What? Uh. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. Self-regulating. Uh, right, well... I'm, I'm gonna hesitate to leave Nam alone. I suppose the thing. I I, I suppose, Mm. Chicky, that as a uh, non-attendee, what was your kind of from afar? What did you, you know, was there anything that made you really kind of go ooh or or whatever?
3: No, Uh, the only thing I really took note of was the Luna thing, and the fact that they kept calling, not calling it a doll and the jackets, which are actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, or actually the patch, the patch is cool. That's what I won was the patch.
0: Oh, I should have got, I was but, um, going to get some of those. I was, I, they had them. I, I, you, damn,
3: oh, man, because the reason, the reason it interests me is because I, all, I have like three interfaces here. that are all the Apollo, whatever they are, Apollo eights and sixteens. Mm-hmm. And um, I absolutely love the Apollo interfaces. I just, and I love that, that ecosystem. But uh, the, the thing is that I've noticed about the Luna stuff is that it's a bit like a, it feels like it's going to be a slightly fancier version of Waves Tracks. So it'll be good for recording shows and you know, just putting oh, okay. stuff into yep. audio. But, I, but it, you know, it seems like their competition. I'm sorry, I know I'm harking back, harkening back to something we spoke about earlier, but it seems like they're, the only competition that they're really going after is like Harrison Mixbus. Which is, Interesting. I mean, it has its own sound and everything, but it's kind of, a, it's certainly MIDI-wise, it's a bit no frills, you know. Um, I don't know, but you know, if they're going to implement MIDI two into it, all kinds of things like that, we'll we'll see. Well, their oh, reco- we about their, their,
0: re- their record for giving MIDI control of any of their software is pretty uh, poor, shall we say? They don't really yeah, consider that point. a priority. So I don't well, know. So I maybe use,
3: you know I use console. I use console whenever I'm tracking stuff in. And a lot of the delays and stuff like that that I, I like to actually track with, you can you can sync up to tempo. But there's unless you go in and enter the tempo in manually on um, on console, it's gonna stay at whatever it opened up as. So, yeah. So like if I All have right. if I have uh, another DAW running, even though I'm using console, there's no way I can seem to send the tempo to the. To the, yeah, well, maybe uh, all that's going to
0: change because they, they they will start to correct. There will have to be MIDI connectivity with this DAW. There, that is going to be. There's going to be MIDI tracks in the DAW. So, I mean, we did talk about this last week, but uh, th- I just wanted to rewind a little bit because the whole concept of Apollo's. So I had a visit from Steve Evans, who is uh, one of our reviewers, occasional reviewers. He's also uh, the front man for the Bowie Collective. They do this amazing kind of show. They're doing 39 shows this year. They finally got an agent, and they're doing it all over the place. Nice. And he said, "Did you hear?" About the fact that you can run uh, on these, cheap, you can run Thunderbolt and Apollo systems on the old Macs now, and I was like, "No, I'd never heard that." Apparently, um, there is a way. Well, uh, 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 you, the article was on uh, Pro Tools Expert, Production Expert, and you can, if you get the right card, I, I thoroughly ch- recommend you check it. You, what you do is you install Windows and Boot Camp. And you re- and you load Windows, you install all the drivers for the pcie thunder Thunderbolt card and all of the the drivers for the local Apollo hardware, and then you soft reboot into the Mac, and the drivers hold their they 're held in memory, so you can then access the Apollo hardware <laughs> on the cheese grater mac and so far I mean my limited research it 's pretty stable. The only thing that will stop it is if you have to reboot the Mac because every time you reboot you've got to do Windows first to instantiate the hardware and then drop it back into the Mac and it'll work. That, I mean, that's kind of crazy stuff. I and mean, that's that, that was from like last year. That's a bit of a game changer for hardware stuff. I could see yeah. you're, re- you're yeah. reeling, BT. Is this the first you've heard of it?
1: Oh, I feel like we're talking about doing, you know, software, firmware updates to braids where you got, you have to put the one potentiometer at seven o'clock and you're <laughs> going to seat feet at
3: six o'clock. It's like instant. Stand on one leg and bark like a dog.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's- Too complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, for people,
1: I have so much complex stuff in this room. I-, I wanted to ask you guys, did you hear the synths? The part that I'm interested about and that I've waited for, um, I, I think unlike, um, un- dissimilar to you guys, I'm not a huge fan of the UAD interfaces. Um, and, but I had the really wild perspective of having a UAD interface, an Apogee interface, an RME interface, and Lynx Aurora's all patched in at the same time with this room completely empty. And to listen to them on the ATCs, the same music and be able to swap between the audio interfaces. Yeah. And that experience actually like it freaked me out how different these things sound. And of course, some of it's preference, but Oh my God, the difference in the sound of an Apogee interface to an Army interface to the, the, like the Apollos to these Lynx Auroras is actually jaw dropping and not in some like hippy dippy esoteric sort of way. Like they sound radically different. My favorite, like the clear winner to me are the Lynx Auroras in terms of like no Nyquist type noise, top end, aliasing the stereo width, the punchiness, like nothing can touch those things again my ears my opinion um but mm-hmm. my point is is the thing that ua i'm sure we all agree on um get a hundred percent right is software emulation of some of the outboard gear i yeah. use that crap all the day long you know so i want to know what their scents sound like and that's what i didn't get to hear i've been waiting for them yeah, do so I, did you guys hear
0: any of that? Do you know what I didn't? I, I I did ask about them specifically. They weren't doing audio demos because they they're not. This isn't going to be out until maybe April, I think. Maybe April, Ma- May. From mm-hmm. what I understand, there was a mini Moog, uh, which seems out, which you know. But they're not running native on the DSP in the Apollos. They run, yeah. they run, na- they run native in the in the host computer, and that's the difference. They're not running off the Weird. DSP so what they're doing is they're wrapping it all up but it's a different kind of extension so it's not like a a a vst or an au it's it's running in whatever their world that they've created Mm. and that goes for the other synth as well so i don't know whether there's any advantage to that and i i'm surprised to be honest but i wonder you know again this comes down to feeding midi into the uad world card i wonder if there's just a thing that means that that's not not so easy or not so possible because you're you're breaking through some kind of Either physical barrier or coding barrier or something to create because it would make sense, wouldn't it? If you've got no latency on these uh, on this input output processing, then an instrument would be a no brainer. You'd think it would just be like it's bang, probably, there it is.
2: It's it's probably because it would blow their cover that the kind of DSP is so ancient and those things can only run really <laughs> pathetic <laughs> amounts of stuff in reality. And that's the thing about UA: what they get <laughs> yes, right, right. Is they get they get desirability. They get kind of yes. lustfulness. They kind of—that's that's what they're the masters of, you know. And you know, and so that's an important <laughs> right. aspect, you know. But mm. <laughs> you, you, Dad, you're, you're more right
1: than you you may realize. So <laughs> run, those, the, all of these systems are insanely antiquated. They're, they're right. shark chips. So again, yeah. like now, here's my developer hat, right? So yeah. um, because I develop music software, I have a lot of friends in this in this space. I know a lot of people that port their plugins to the UA platform. They're banging their head against the wall because the shark chips these days yeah. have so little power and are so yeah. hard to conform <laughs> the software framework. Uh, the soft I said that right software frameworks <laughs> to run on their platform that it's actually crazy. So there is a bit of smoke and mirrors going on there. You're
0: not, you're not miles <laughs> off. Interesting. At all. I couldn't possibly yeah. comment. I would like to thank uh, UA for sponsoring our Nam content. While I am on. Uh, I think they're awesome. <laughs> but, I
3: mean, that said, their, pl- their plugins do sound <laughs> absolutely oh. amazing.
0: They do, yeah. I love them. They do.
3: I do. I love. But the other thing with their plugins, so I don't know if you guys know, only because I actually wrote a white paper on this. Um, their plugins roll off at about 25k. So, you know, they're all of them, especially the more advanced ones, like. Wow. You know, they, I did this. What? I did like these sweeps up to 48k on them, and you know, you just it's like this nice sweep, and then
0: is that? Oh. And, but is that is that common to many plugins, or just that platform, or what's the?
3: It's it seems mostly common to them. And when I spoke to them about it, they had a very good reason for it. They said that apparently the the trying to emulate these plug the these classic plug or classic pieces of hardware that the higher really? up the frequency goes, it's exponentially more code. And they said they could be spending, you know, 75 to 80% of their of their uh code just trying to replicate stuff outside of human hearing. Mm-hmm. And so that was their reason for it.
0: Um that's interesting.
3: That said, I did the same similar tests on um the like like using the Studer A80. So I had I had a Studer in here I had their plug-in. I had the the version made by Slate. Uh, and there was another one. I think it was the... That Slate one's it wicked. It's, it's really good. Yeah. The only problem with the Slate one is once you got up to... You know, doing a session at, say, 96, once you get up to close to 48, you start getting artifacts that are in the audible range, like as low as 700 hertz. And, it, and, it, wow. and they're, they're they're reflective. So they what happens is it's it's not in tune with anything. It's like in fact it's about as out of tune with anything as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Um and the pro, the the Avid one was the same, the but the you didn't get that aliasing at all with, with the UA one, but you had nothing above twenty five kilohertz.
0: So it's brick wall. well, so well okay, here's a question for you. If you were just to record that sweep to an A eighty studer tape deck, tape tape machine, and then see what happened, would how far up would that go?
3: It went up to uh, 35, and then it gently rolled off, and ah. I, I didn't see anything after that. So, I, and I was using, I was using uh, 456 and 499 tape, but it was, it was uh, new old stock tape, which I can tell you is really hard to get a hold of. <laughs> wow. But um, I did, <laughs> man, I, I did it for this paper. Yeah, wow, but wow, it, okay. But I mean, yeah, the tape machine. I mean, I even put it up against my. Um, I have a Tascam a uh, one-inch 16 track here. And I put it up against that, and that goes up to 35 pretty clearly.
0: And yeah, well, that's going to that, be a wider track it's... width, isn't it, uh, a one-inch, because, yeah. I mean, you know, 16. Well, well there was a well, brennell what... There was a brennell There were some one-inch eight tracks as well, which have, you've got a massive track There were. With, which, yeah. Uh, the, we yeah, used to, yeah. I there's... I remember working on a project that had a – it was called Brennell a Brennel 1-inch 8-track, and that sounded fantastic. But again, you know, it got to the point where the tape was so expensive for 1-inch for 8-tracks. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, I can't afford to run it. You know, it's just... This cool. is well, my, this is... my
3: previous machine was a 3M 2-inch uh, 8-track.
0: Was it an M... Oh, I had an M24. <laughs> I had a 3M M24 for a while.
3: Sorry, yeah, guys, you wanted was... to... Sorry, go, yeah. Wow.
2: No, I mean, I'm going to just say I've just my invention that I want to invent is like a, it's like a, a, a recorder, a standalone recorder that uses reel to reels, but on the reels, it's just paper and then it's a little print head instead of a record head. And it all records digitally, but as it goes across the record head, it prints some sort of code. So you can kind of rewind it, play it back, and it will always trigger the exact audio wherever it is. But you could take the reel off and you could splice it together and it'll take the code. and then So so there's no actual audio. It's only just sort of like location that gets printed. So you get the kind of joy of reels moving and you can (laughs) chop and splice. Yeah, (laughs) but
0: how much... I, th- I think okay. The paper, no problem. Oh, but, Everything else. Right. The thing uh, that's going to blow that out of the war is the ink yeah. costs. <laughs>
3: ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Inkjet. Yeah. <laughs> like modern that's day printers. It's like oh cool. yeah. Story
1: about, about tape. Um, you guys know who Ian Stanley is?
0: Yeah, uh, I've worked with him. T- he used to be from. He's from my hometown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Ian. Ian was my first A and guy. Um, and I'm huge tears for fears. Uh fan, and um, uh, I'll, I'll give you the super Cliff Notes version of this story. Um, we, it's funny us having these conversations now, because things have you know, on, on my iPhone, I have granular synthesis applications. It's just kind of a crazy time to be alive. Ian told me stories, I mean, battle stories, like actual you know 1917 type war stories about recording <laughs> those records, and in one of them, he told me this story about they had 24... Track two inch tape, and they needed to do a splice, but the splice was across each track differently. And so, and I used to do grease pencil razor blade splices to half inch, you know, uh, and quarter inch uh, masters. In fact, it's where my stutter edit technique comes from as a teenager. That's how uh, I came up with this crazy stuff. Anyway, he told me that they spent an entire day at a kitchen table with a grease pencil marking off different depths for each one of the tracks and with a razor blade and they made like a oh. jigsaw puzzle with little teeny Ooh. threads for the different tracks oh, which they just me. out. and they put the freaking thing together and it worked and i don't wow. know which record it is on from but it's it's something from songs from the uh, big chair has they spent in a Full day with a razor blade and a grease pencil, like making a jigsaw puzzle out of tape. So anything we do now, guys,
3: it's easy. Let's be real. Wow.
0: Wow that's a that's yeah. there there are lots of those stories cuz uh, a lot of that stuff was recorded around here you know i mean i know lots of the people from the band will gregory from Goldfrap, he was the sax player in in that band andy davis who's a local keyboard player he was the keyboard player you know there's there's, wow. there's a lot i used to go to the uh, their story. in fact I've, i we did a, a a production swap with ian stanley we used to go to his house to transfer um when we had sony or da- or mitsubishi tapes that would come in we'd get transfers off his machine cuz he had a dash or whatever it was in the in the garage you know so he could run it through and uh, we wow. yeah, we swapped we swapped uh remixes i think he remixed one of our tracks called blue love and we mixed what was it it was a project for the relaunch of topic bars as snickers in the europe <laughs> Wow. It, was a, it was a Victor wow. Hugo poem set to music. I mean, that's how abstract that was. Yeah, I think he got, I think we got the best deal out of that one, that's for sure. But mm. uh, anyway. Um, <coughs> so, sampler. sorry, gas. Sampler. Yeah, sampler. Oh, yeah. Um, quickly, before we go, we do have, uh, yeah. this is something that's kind of interesting. That There's two uh, new releases. We've both got uh, Borderlands, uh, and also sampler Ooh, uh, updates now these both. two uh, both of these applications were sort of early ipad mm. uh, music apps that you know i remember when we were doing sonic touch gas you mm. really raved about them and they've had an upgrade yeah. which is the first time in a long time yeah, and it's yeah. interesting that that it, it seems to you know uh, across all those sites you know people have been mm. raving about it and saying it's a really big deal so i mean yeah. it's kind of almost that the concept of a 30 buck uh instrument becoming big news is 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 here. Ah, here we are
2: i mean here we go sampler i think is the greatest ios app of all time in my opinion and Borderlands probably a close second really so seeing both of these getting new lease of life with borderlands especially has had a significant update um, and sampler now is because i was really gutted with my ipad pro sampler finally stopped working you couldn't sample into it and uh <laughs> Now you can, so that 's really cool, but also sampler now has ableton live uh, link ableton link, link yeah. on there, which is super cool, but I mean both of these apps are uh, and actually I would mention spacecraft as well, just to chuck that in there because I think the three of those are the, uh, are my favorites uh, all kind oh, of so granular or you know they 've all they all use this kind of touching on the waveform kind of thing now i think why, what makes these so special is that um out of all of the kind of touch, uh, that have come out, th- these have kind of made the, that interface just brilliant that, that you couldn't do it on any other platform yeah, really, yeah. not, not as effectively, agree with that. you know, and um sampler is fantastic for that, you know, just being able to whoosh around, but I mean, borderlands takes it even further, being able to, you know, pinch on a, you know, if you haven't used borderlands, the basic uh, principle of that is, um, you have a lot of wave files, uh, just, at on, on the screen and you create these grain clouds and then you can move the grain clouds around but you can also pinch and zoom the waveform so if you pinch and zoom it's a waveform the, it'll it'll mean that the the, the granular will only uh, will only sort of sample from Ah, the, what's the, the, zoomed, form, the visual part that you've zoomed in wow. so you can kind of slide the waveforms around in musical ways you know you there, can, yeah there's some
0: screenshots uh, yeah, that looks actually like hmm. x-ray pictures of broken legs to me but yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's so not shining
1: black yes but I mean yeah, right. we'll talk about that
2: <laughs> it's, I mean in, 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 in sort of iOS world it's ancient as is sampler but um, you know both of them having this new new Lisa Live I think is absolutely terrific and they're not expensive either of them. Um, no i mean not so, but,
0: i mean but interesting they are hmm. when it comes to what ios apps used to cost you know i mean they they all started out at sort of four or five bucks i, I was going to ask you uh, is this something that you use bti i can get, get this image that you have to leave the room when you're using ipad apps because it makes all of your other equipment sort of you feel a bit guilty about it because it's you're not giving it <laughs> no, <enough> not, to... <laughs> not at all
1: it's funny it's funny I actually wanted to look at my studio iPad and I'm going to do that after I answer this really quickly. Cause there's a sequencer for, let me just look really quick. Okay. Um, there's a sequencer <laughs> that I use on the iPad. That is quite literally. Yeah. Okay. So if you, and you guys will probably say, Oh, this is you know, super old news, but this paradigm is so sick. It has Ableton link. I use it. Pretty regularly, if I'm just kind of a little bit stumped or trying to get something going to get a kind of interesting ostinato happening, it's called Fugue Machine. Do you guys have yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking It's it one of my favorite sequencers. And, I mean, I'm sitting in a room hmm. filled <laughs> yeah. gills with hardware sequencers. It's one of my favorite sequencers ever made. Yeah. But, um, no, there's some iPad apps I like. I love that you mentioned Spacecraft because it's one that I absolutely love. I have a little hey. setup in the house where I keep all my physical instruments, um, you know, guitars and strange instruments I've collected all over the world. And in that space, yeah, that's the one. Nick, that thing, wow, oh, that's... my God, is that an inspiring sequencer. Okay. Seriously, yeah. you guys have to yeah. check that out. Um, yeah, it's so that's a bit of a secret weapon, actually. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Borderlands and Sampler are both applications I absolutely love. I think that, I mean, I'm you know, every, anybody that knows my work knows – um, granular synthesis has been a part of my life since, uh, Mm -hmm. I I touched a computer. So, um, yeah, it's, I think that granular synthesis finds its natural home in these multi-touchpoint interfaces because you can actually get your hands on it. And Mm. so it's just an exciting time to be alive that stuff like this, you know, these ideas are actualized and the same way we're talking about wavetable synthesis. It's like, you're hearing it Mm -hmm. for the first time, you know, getting the touch granular synthesis for the first time yeah. for 30 bucks too. imagine it. it's just like crazy
0: yeah bonkers
2: stuff yeah. wow i so mean, I mean
0: I, sorry guys go i was, I was just- gonna say
2: it's just like if you put if you create files specifically for these uh, and, and all of these work in this way um like you, you choose a sequence of notes uh like a, you know so you can it's just quite an interesting way of uh, approaching composition. You know, you kind of think of the notes or like maybe it's a scale or whatever and you put those notes in, like say on Borderlands, for instance, you know, then, because the reason why I'm saying this is sometimes uh, a criticism of granular or uh, is that it's hard, you know, you get these fantastic... Results that are kind of um, abstract,
0: yeah,
2: a bit abstract, yeah, yeah. But you know, when you choose specific notes, and you can put the grain cloud over here, and then you can move the grain cloud over. Get progression, right? And you can make progressions. You can play melodies. So you can actually then really bring a performable quality into it.
0: That makes sense. I actually do that with um, uh, clouds so if you play in a really fast sequence of notes into the clouds buffer and then you scan between the notes you can actually change the kind of the, the density and the, the melodic content of the, the the drone. If you're using it in that mode, so you just kind of nice. move between them, and because you're smearing between the actual kind of granules of the individual notes, you can mer- you can get between them. So if you do sort of thirds, fifths, you know, just go da 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 and then you can right. bring you can right. sweep through scales to a create module. ever ever changing, yeah wow guys I mean so, yeah. we, there are more topics but we're probably uh, we're we're at, we're at a point where it's probably a good idea to kind of think about uh, <laughs> heading home for the evening I know I've got other things to do tonight uh, but we could go on for ages it's been absolutely fascinating thank you everybody <laughs> for joining there. us yeah.
3: um, probably um, being on a <laughs> tour with, us with BT yeah,
0: yeah so
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was the rule remember BT it was like no talking about synths at a certain point
0: <laughs> otherwise it's <laughs> just going to go on forever I mean, yeah.
3: The end well, you know, the end. It's, it's like you get you get me and Robbie and BT on the on the same tour bus, we we all love synths so much, and it's just like we we just talked about gear so much that the actual back lounge no, of the stop. tour bus, yeah, back back lounge got used a lot because people were like, I I can't take any more talks about gear, <laughs> so people everyone else would go hang out in the back.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing they're probably not listeners to this uh, this podcast, then, so you can you, you're probably safe still.
3: Yeah, probably
0: safe. Yeah, <laughs> but guys, it's been absolutely yeah, I fantastic. If I do this, you guys. Uh, well, you're welcome. Welcome anytime. You know, and I, I think the time difference means it's not too much of a dawn raid where you are, so that's good, at least for now. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I guess I can I can sort of wrap things up then. Um, so uh, once again, want to say thank you very much to Isotope for uh, providing the prize Ozone, Ozone Nine Advanced. Uh, looking for the hashtag Fix and Shape, and the hash and the at to at Sonic State and at Isotope. I think that's a Twitter competition. In case I didn't mention it, and also want to say uh, congratulations to Mark Griffiths uh, for winning for last week's. So if you want to get in touch, we'll be able to sort you out. Uh, this has been Sonic Talk, obviously a music technology podcast. Uh, what have we got coming up? We've got I did a. Free Friday fun with uh, the HydroSynth and the Delta SEP, which is on Friday. Uh, there's more stuff coming up. Um, I don't know what's next for you. I mean, Charles, you're working on your project. So, you know, I guess you're back into – are you Are you past the writing part or are you still writing? Yes.
3: I've All got right. about, uh, about 50 tracks and I'm just sort of going to whittle it down to about, you know – well, I'm gonna start my first five favorite, and plus I'm throwing in a few covers of some things that are wow. tracks I've always loved. Only fifty. So uh,
0: you've been slacking. <laughs>
3: <yeah>. <laughs> only fifty. <laughs> I I am quite prolific with my writing. It's just that uh, I, but I always try to zero in on the quality. You know, there's a lot of stuff I end up throwing out or sort of recycling into another track or yeah, something man, like that. Man, that's,
0: that's always so. it's, it's having the ability to be able to to do it that quickly that so you can call it a, a track or an idea. And also, uh, mm. Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you for joining us there. You look like a head sort of uh, suspended in space as the light has been dimming uh, So, <laughs> in your room. But thank you for joining us, Gaz. And <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're back, safe from LA. We'll have to catch up and you can oh, tell us your God, tales. Oh, God, yeah.
2: Only just safe, but yeah. I mean, my God. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, that's another story. In fact, I'm going to do it on my, on my channel. I've got um, a bunch of LA stories coming up, which, uh, so keep tuned. I've got a load of editing to do for us.
0: That sounds fun. That sounds <laughs> that was nice crazy.
2: Yeah, that's good. Mm.
0: Excellent. Well, lovely to have you on, Gaz. And of course, uh, you... BT, uh have you there in your... Is that a Fairlight? I've just re- realized that there's only one instrument that Looks would like have it. a CRT. That's got to be a yeah, Fairlight, right? it sure is.
3: It's a Fairlight Series 3 right there.
0: Oh, with, sweet. With matching Yamaha monitors, right? Nice. Uh, yeah. No, those
1: are Yamahas, Yamaha The entire insides of that synth I have redone completely to the metal. It's been painted in a, um, and it has SD card reader in it now. And we actually worked with uh, Peter Vogel, Steve Rantz, one of the original programmers, my friend Garth from Chicken Systems. And we reverse engineered this true story. We reverse engineered the Fairlight sample header format. And we're now able to port contact instruments to and from the Fairlight. Ooh. So <laughs> I can get that crazy wow. fair light zhuzh, but from a contact <laughs> sample Gosh. that um that I've made this is the you know I wanted one of these since I was 14 years old and it it's funny people are like oh there's an iPad app for that now I'm like just come over to my house and give me five minutes of your life and listen to this <laughs> thing on these speakers and I promise you will go find one and you know do whatever it takes to get it. That's the best sounding instrument I've ever heard in my life, ever hands wow, down. That's
0: wow. unbelievable. Wow. So, what, what's, so what's next for you anyway? What's What, what are you doing uh, after this? Have you got a kind of, you dashing off to, to mix or master or write or whatever?
1: I'm, I'm going to make an announcement actually, and I wasn't even planning on doing this. So um, I have right now in development 11 pieces of software with a variety of companies. Um, I'm working on a really big project with Spitfire currently. Um, I'm working with the cable guys on a suite of plugins. Um, and the one that I'm going to make a, an announcement about is we are very close to being done with Stutter Edit 2. Ooh, and it me. is the most ridiculous thing you have ever heard <laughs> or played with in your entire life, so much so did I actually feel guilty having it alone right now? It's (laughs) ridiculous. So, um, so that's going to, that'll be coming out sometime probably in the late first quarter or second quarter of this year. And it is underscore italicized, bold, ridiculous. It is so unbelievably inspiring. This instrument, it's going to blow you guys mind. So um, I'm, I'm wrapping up a development work on that and a, a slew of other plugins, and I'm actually I'm scoring a really big video game. And I haven't sort of officially said the words video game out, out loud, but um, it's a three-year project. I'm an hour and a half of music into it, big orchestral slash electronic thing. So I'm working hard on that, and I've finished my next uh, electronic artist album, which will be out later this year and anybody that has wanted me to do dance music and has been asking about me doing breaks and trance and all this kind of stuff is going to freak out so um -hmm. a lot of stuff early part of this year so those are some of the things i'm working on
0: wow just yeah so not 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 too busy then yeah (laughs) wow that's amazing thank you very much for sharing that so i I guess i guess really i mean uh, will people be able to find out about all the stuff at btmusic.com where's the best place for people to i've just put that in your lower third but i imagine where's the best place to keep up with what you're up to
1: yeah, I mean, uh, btmusic.com is good on socials, too. I'm BT on everything. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm just forward slash BT, and I'm always, like Chickie said, clearing the bus, talking about synthesizers. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> finally, <laughs> one of those and also, he's not to be confused with British Telecom.
0: No, well, yeah, I mean, oh, good
3: please, sc- for the love of God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good score on getting BT as your act. That is on all yeah. those platforms. Good score, so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
1: I did not install you, your router. Okay? Do you I get? Did, yeah, but do you? How many of
0: those yeah. do you get? Do you get kind of? How many? Are just <laughs> <A thousand. laughs> I just
1: accurate. Thousands. Or BTS. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a good day too. I'm really patient with people, and I'm just like. All right, mate. You know, wrong, wrong Twitter handle. It's bt underscore. You know, care or whatever it is, UK or whatever. But um, they're so intimate. Like the the degree of intimacy and how personal they are. You know, about people's nans, and they they have no internet service, and they like can't get down the stairs, and like I read these stories, and I'm like, holy shit! I like I need to fly to England to help. Like there's there's a problem. I need to fix it. You know? So, wow. It's an omnipotent
0: thing in my life. Thank you for asking. Wow. Okay, now, that is not an answer I expected to get, but I'm really glad I asked that question because that is that's probably the best answer I could have got. So that's awesome.
3: <laughs> uh, brilliant. It doesn't, it doesn't help that right now the biggest group in the world is a K-pop band called BTS, and I think you said you also get <laughs> yeah. messages yeah. for that too. Oh, yeah, because, well.
0: but when you because when you type in BTS Studio, it's BTS. And that's what that's what Google kind of gravitates toward. It looks at the number. So yeah, it's great a great handle, but terrible SEO at the moment. You need to kind of yeah, you need to try and figure. It out. <laughs> Just kidding. That's awesome. Oh, that's well, guys, thank you so much. It's been a, a, a pleasure as ever. And uh, traditionally, what I do is I we move to the traditional. Uh, Uh, celebrity squares ending where we can all wave as we head off into the sunset thank you very much everybody for watching that was sonic talk episode 605 see ya